Hello and welcome to this brand new podcast focused on healthcare chaplaincy in the UK. My name is Simon Harrison and I've worked in this field now for over 20 years, so I hope some of what I say may be of interest. And I do hope to get some interesting guests as well later on to spice things up a little. Just a quick health warning, I work for the NHS but nothing in this podcast is an official NHS view. And whilst I am very proud to be president of the College of Healthcare Chaplains, again, you can't blame the college for anything I have to say here. But I do hope you enjoy today's podcast. So I want to set out an account of how broad chaplaincy is as a profession by using the acronym CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-E-R. And it's one that came to me several years ago now when explaining chaplaincy to students. And so I'll start off straight away with the letter C for cultural care or perhaps cultural guidance. This isn't a large part of what chaplains do, but it's a skill and a knowledge base that chaplains should have in a healthcare setting. A colleague faced perhaps by somebody from the Plymouth Brethren tradition may struggle a little with how to engage. The patient may not wish to watch television, may have a very particular way of engaging with family members. And having a chaplain alongside who may know that particular culture could be useful. And even if we don't know that particular cultural gap, it's part of the territory of what we do and we hope to help colleagues in engaging with cultural care. R stands for religious care. And whilst it's probably the simplest to understand, it's worth saying that this is quite a broad description of what we do. So religious care can include care for somebody around their beliefs, um, whether that is a religious belief or a humanist belief, but it can also include rituals that are associated most commonly perhaps in an acute setter, care for the dying with a ritual and a prayer. It can also involve referral on to somebody else. I could have put another R in, couldn't I? R for referral, where we seek somebody from a different tradition, maybe that shares the same belief as the patient and enable them to receive specific support from that tradition. So this is a dimension of what we do, the religion or belief dimension. And it is quite a big part of what we do, but it varies significantly depending on if we are in a mental health setting, an acute setting, and so on, a palliative setting. So that's religious care. And I could probably, and might at a later time, think a little bit more subtly about what exactly this does or doesn't involve. I is the next letter. I for individual care. Now this is probably the letter I struggled with most when I was trying to come out with a catchy acronym because I kind of wanted to get at questions that were existential but that would be E. But maybe the I is at the heart of the existential question. Why do I exist and so on. And this is an area of chaplaincy that is really deeply fundamental to what we do we listened to and addressed questions of existential concern. I'm dying. What will happen to me? How do I cope 
with the fact that my life may not last very much longer. And so these fundamental questions are about me being an individual, which is why I chose that word. But alongside these rather deep and profound and thoughtful questions, which are very significant, there are also some other bits of what we do as chaplains that are perhaps more superficial, but still very important to do with the individual. I can think of a lady a while back who was very poorly and wanted to turn her hospital bedroom into a 1980s disco. And so between the nurses and the chaplains, we made sure the glitter ball was there and the music was there and the stereo and so on. Now, this wasn't a deeply spiritual piece of work, but it helped her as an individual spend her final few days in the way that she wished. And that was, if you want to be profound, an existential need, but if you want to make it something simpler, we just tended to her personality and her individual wishes. So that's I for individual, but it's a bit of a cheat because it covers existential as well. Now, the letter S. The letter S stands for spiritual. And quite how you summarise spiritual care in a minute, I don't know. Because people have written whole tomes on the nature of spiritual care and healthcare. But it is an important part of what we do. And for me, it can mean the way somebody does their believing and supporting somebody with the way they do their believing. Or it can mean those fundamental questions of meaning, purpose, value. The bottom line is spiritual does make sense as a term to describe questions and issues that patients and staff face. And so that's a key part of what we deliver. But I'm going to unpack spiritual in much greater depth on a future episode. So I'll just have to leave it as that. Now, the P stands for a very fuzzy word, which is pastoral care. And pastoral, again, as with spiritual, comes from a very Christian heritage. And it tends to bring images of shepherd and sheep. But fundamentally, pastoral care is about taking care of somebody when there's a bit of a power differential going on. For example, someone can't make a friend's funeral or the funeral of a loved one. And so I might go and sit alongside them for half an hour at that time. Now, it may or may not include some religious or spiritual input, but I need to be them there for them and they need someone to be with them. And that's the kind of pastoral care that we can offer. The letter E stands for emotional support. Now, this is quite a tricky one, and it's part of the slipperiness of our language. Quite often, I will get a request to see a patient, and it will be, could you come along and just give them some emotional support? Now, when I get there, it may be that what I'm doing is broadly pastoral or spiritual existential I really don't know but the language of emotional support makes sense there's a lady she's there and she's crying we'd like someone to be alongside her could you come and give her some emotional support that's the referral that we quite often get and so it is part of what we do but sometimes the care we give will morph into something else but 
it has a real place in our daily work and so emotional support is in the acronym and the final letter is another r and this time the r is for relational relational support and this struck me when i thought about the times when we are supporting someone by listening at depth to some of their wrestlings about relationships whether it be absent loved ones whether it be the tensions of what's going on for them whether it be a confession about having let the family down relationships are often at the heart of what we're doing when we're listening and when we're alongside somebody and it doesn't necessarily merit a whole letter to itself but it's a good example of the way in which what we do can actually end up focusing on a particular issue that is of a concern to a patient that isn't necessarily spiritual or religious but it's just basic humankind listening and relational is one of those key domains that we get involved in so I decided to put it in there and it makes sense of quite a significant number of the chaplaincy encounters. Of course if you have been listening to these and you are from another profession whether it be counselling or nursing or occupational therapy you may have thought well hang on Simon I do a good chunk of those and the answer is I hope you do and similarly with ministers of religion from different traditions. So what is unique, in my view, about chaplaincy, the breadth of what we do, is that when the chaplain turns up, you can refer to them for any of these types of pieces of work. They can then assess across this broad range and they can either deliver or know what to do with questions again across this breadth. So you might call for a chaplain because you feel a patient needs some emotional support. I might turn up and I'll do a broad spiritual care assessment, which will be a very organic and natural thing as I sit and listen and ask maybe one or two gentle questions. And I may discover that on that encounter, what's needed is something more specifically spiritual. And a chaplain can do that. They can turn sideways on a sixpence and assess and deliver across these broad range of of skills and, and issues and it's that breadth I guess I'm trying to get across with the CRISPR acronym so what healthcare chaplains do is they bring a skill set and knowledge and they bring a breadth into a situation so that through what may seem like a simple or casual encounter they can very quickly move it into something that is more subtle and covers a whole number of different types of support and care. That, in a nutshell, is what the broad offering of healthcare chaplaincy is. So there you have it, a whistle-stop tour, a ridiculous attempt to describe the breadth of what healthcare chaplaincy does in less than 10 minutes. But I really wanted to try and go quickly because I didn't want you to get too bored. Obviously, if anyone asks me I will go back and explore all of those in the coming weeks but the fundamental point I guess I was trying to share was this idea that the healthcare chaplain 
deals with a whole broad range of issues that, yes, overlaps with many other colleagues, but in their suitcase they carry with them a whole broad range of interventions. And that's what makes us pretty unique. Not only do we support staff as well as patients, as well as relatives, but we carry with us this broad suitcase. And so I'll finish this podcast with a a brave or trying to be brave request to say if you do have any questions or challenges for me, um, areas you'd like to be explored further, maybe um, a guest I could have on, then email slipperyfish, that's all one word, slipperyfish at binkle, B-I-N-K-L-E dot co dot UK. Slipperyfish at binkle dot co dot UK. And that will be brilliant and it will help me focus whatever I do next on the topics you want to hear discussed. Bye bye for now.